Well, Ryan just picked out some songs, and that goes to show us that there are some good scriptural newer songs, and uh, those are good. Um, John chapter 15, yes, John chapter 15, I thought last Wednesday night was it, but, but that's not it. We have a little more to go. We're going to talk about some purging tonight that we will find in chapter 2 and go into verse 3 with that, but let's go ahead and read about eight verses as we get started. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples." We'll go ahead and stop there. I have three crepe myrtle trees in my yard. One of them, when we brought it home, it was about 12 foot long and hanging out the back of my SUV. And we put that tree in the ground and, and we, we never pruned it at all. It's about 25 feet tall now and it does just fine. Flowers this big pretty purple flower and, and uh, does good. I, I just cut some limbs away from the house. That's about it. I don't prune it. I don't trim it. There are uh, two more crepe myrtles on the side of the house. They were there when I moved in. And, and I guess they stayed maintained and pruned because the, the trunk comes up and they just come up to these knots and then these stringy little branches going up. And so I've always pruned them according to what I saw there every year. They're not very impressive in the spring and summer. I, I think they need more sun. I think my neighbor, hope he's not listening, his, his ferocious tree just towers over them and, and they don't get much sun. And, and they flower a little bit, but it's never what I want. And, and this year, it, it got by me. The, they, started, they started leafing out. All of a sudden, they have leaves and, and I could have trimmed them back anyway, but I didn't. I just thought, well, let's, let's see what they'll do this year. And that's okay, because it's not a necessity that, that you have to prune a crepe myrtle. You, you can or you don't have to. I, I have both in my yard, and they both do good. You know, I, I used to follow my Uncle Doc around his yard, and his garden was immaculate. You would think that it was going to be on the cover of some magazine the way he kept that garden. 
And, but there were pear trees behind his house, and he never fooled with those. I even went out there, and I would take them off the tree and, and chunk them at the building next door. Uh, every now and then I'd take a bite of one, but, man, a pear's not an apple. But it's good. It just wasn't good as a kid to me. I developed that taste when I got older. He never, he never pruned that fruit tree. I, some pr- fruit trees, I guess, require some pruning, but he never pruned that one. And it, it was very fruitful and did fine. Here, here in the passage, Jesus doesn't use the crepe myrtle as an example to convey spiritual truth. He doesn't use the pear tree for His spiritual teaching to teach us something. He used the vine and the branch. The branches... That, that stem off of the vine, they must be pruned. You, you can't go without pruning those. You might get a little something, but it's going to be nothing like when you prune the branches that come off of the vine. I mean, pruning is the main thing and sometimes the only thing, but it is a must. If the vine has good, deep roots and some good soil, and some periodic rain. You don't, you don't have to worry about fertilizing too much. You don't have to worry about watering. But pruning, this must take place for the vine. It's, it's a must for it to bear good fruit. What is the pruning process? Well, it's, it's not like removal of thorns or anything like that. It's not pulling the weeds around the vine. That, that's not what pruning is. Um, it's cutting off the long stems that the vine produced the year before. It's the removal of something that the vine itself produced. And, and, and those vines, they can get up to 8 and 10 feet long. And so it is cutting back I mean the branches. The branches can get to 8 to 10 feet long. And so the pruning is cutting back the branch. And a lot of times that branch would be cut back to like within 2 inches of the vine. So when you would prune the branches, I mean you had all vine, complete vine, and then you just have like this 2 inch nub of, of a branch coming off of that vine. And, and that's all the vine needed. That's all the vine needs in the branch to get things started for that branch to bear fruit. Almost the entire branch is taken away. Just the very beginning of a new shoot is what the vine starts with so the branch can bear the fruit that the vine produces. We have pruning here. Verse, the end of verse 2. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. We see some work going on here. The husbandman does some work here. The branches don't do any work. The branches are just attached to the vine. 
And the vine has the supply for the branches. But now we have the husbandman, the vine dresser, that goes around and prunes the branches. We have some, some work, some pruning work that is done here. And so God is the husbandman and we are the branch. And so God does some pruning work in our lives that Jesus wants us to see here. The vine is the vine and will always be the vine. And it supplies all that is needed for the branches. But there's one work that the husbandman does. And that is to prune the branches. So in this process of you and I bearing fruit for the glory of God, that's our purpose, while we're on this earth, God does some trimming work in our lives. Does that have to be something that sounds harsh? Does that have to seem painful? You know, it's, it's not just the idea that God wants sin out of our lives. Sure, He wants sin out of our lives. And, and we can be thankful that He gives us the, the, the blessing and, and from His Word and, and what happens in our heart that we confess those things. We agree with God on those things that offend Him. We tell Him about Him. It wouldn't even hurt to go to His Word and to tell Him what He says in His Word about how we've offended Him. That takes a lot of the fun out of, out of this temporary pleasure of sin and helps us to turn from it. And by the way, we always ask Him for the strength to forsake. We, we can't just be confident in our own. You know, the 1 John 1, 9 of the Old Testament, Proverbs 28, 13, speaks of confessing and forsaking. And we must also always ask Him for the strength to forsake those things. But whenever we look at the husbandman, uh, God the Father, and, he's, and he, he purges the branches, it's not just the business of, of sin, but, but God is developing us more and more. He's doing a work in us so that we might not just bear fruit, but we might bear more fruit. That we might not just be able to have Him do good things for us, through us, but that He would do great things through our lives. So He's developing us more and more. We need to be cleansed of sin, but we also need experience with the Lord. We also need His pruning work in our lives, we need to be groomed by the Lord for greater experiences. You know, after every season of work that God uses us for, we can know that He's doing some pruning on our, li- on our lives. You know, He must... How about this? He must bring us to a place of making us see that we're helpless without Him. And, and look, a lot of times that needs to happen right after He's used us in a great way. Think about this branch that has become eight to ten foot long and it has been doing all of this fruit bearing. Look at all the fruit bearing this branch is doing, how beautiful it is. And then that thing is cut back to almost nothing. And that's all that God needs in the pruning of our lives to start doing His work again to do something even greater in our lives. We need to see that we're helpless without Him. 
He wants to do something through us, bearing fruit, and He wants to bear more fruit. And He's also teaching us here that without me, you can do nothing. And that's a good lesson that that is learned in the midst of all of this. The vine is divine, and it is not reduced. But the branches, His children, were still here, and... And, and the, the remains of the, the, we're in the flesh here, and the remains of that carnal nature's hanging on, and the branches are reduced to its lowest place that they can pretty much get to, lowest place in measure in this pruning process. Taking us down to, to so little but yet using us for His glory. Our entire devotion is to be to Jesus Christ. The entirety of ourselves is to be in submission to the Holy Spirit. And God is steadily doing a purging in our lives to get us there. That that's where we would be continually doing a work that He's doing through us, that it wouldn't just be fruit, it'd be more fruit, and it would be much fruit. You, you might think of this pruning process as the circumcision of the heart that takes place. You might think about what Paul says when Paul said, I die daily. And, and so you can consider in this dying to self as far as the results and the process of the pruning that the Lord does in us. Thank God for His cleansing work that He promises that He's always going to be doing in our lives. Because we might be bearing fruit, but we're going to be bearing more fruit, and we're going to bear much fruit from our lives. And God's God's going to maintain that. He's going to maintain us. He's going to groom us for it. For God the husbandman to cleanse and to cut away from our lives is a great help to make us see that our confidence isn't what the world says it's to be. It's not to be self-confidence. We're to have Savior confidence. I'd rather have Savior confidence than self-confidence any day. And the world might say something different, but we know better. This pruning process. It'll keep us from boasting of self. You know, Paul said he has nothing to boast in but the Lord Jesus Christ. And and so that's something that we're going to see in this, that that our boasting would be of the Lord, that that our boasting wouldn't be of self. He, He takes us down to nothing and then He uses us again. God does the work through us. What does God do this pruning work with? Every branch that beareth fruit, He purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And then in the next verse, verse 3, He says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. What is God's pruning knife? How does He cut the branches back? Some have said affliction. And I can hear that answer and connect that 
There's, there's definitely some affliction that the Lord has brought into our lives, and, and He's done it and, and used it for some pruning in our lives. But I would say at best that affliction would be secondary and that there is a primary tool that the Lord uses for purging in our lives, and that is the Word of God. Think of what the Bible says about the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, we're all familiar with this. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is a pruning tool that God uses in our lives. Affliction leads us to the Word of God for the pruning that we need. In the 119th Psalm and the 71st verse, it says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The 119th Psalm, the emphasis is the Word of God. And he says, It's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes, that I might learn the Word of God. I I tell you what... it is in affliction and the Word of God that they work together. Uh, affliction has, has really helped us to go to the Word of God, and we have understood it because we have lived some things in our lives and, 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 and an experience is laced in the Word of God. And, and that's why s- certain verses mean so much to us because it's something that we've lived. It's, it's some way that God has used His Word to do some pruning in our lives. Paul had an affliction. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. But with just the affliction, what did Paul do? He was begging the Lord to take take it away. Please take this away, Lord. And just having the thorn alone, just had Paul beg that it be removed. But then the Word of God was given to Paul in that. And the word of God to Paul was, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, Paul says, Please remove this thorn. And and within his answer is this, No, Paul, but I'm going to do something better than remove it. I'm going to give you the grace that you're going to be able to learn to live with it. You're going to be able to live overcoming and not hindered by that thorn, whatever the thorn is, because of my grace. You're going to be weak, but I'm going to give you my strength. And that's better than taking it away. Paul didn't ask for the affliction to be removed after he was afflicted and heard the Word of God from him. He didn't, you don't hear of him asking for it to be removed again. God prunes us by way of His Word. Jesus taught His disciples by way of the Word of God. He said to His disciples that that they're to deny themselves, that they're to lose their lives, that they're to forsake all, 
or they cannot be His disciple. The Word purges our lives. The purging that God does, it, it humbles the child of God too. And it rebukes us for any lack of love or, or anything we're short of in our, in our Christian walk with others. You think of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and then right down to His last days with His disciples and He was encouraging them and giving them a lot of comfort. But the Word of God, whether the Sermon on the Mount or whether some of the last words He said to His disciples, the Word is always cleansing. The Word is always cleansing every one of us. And anything God doesn't need for His work, or whatever hinders the Holy Spirit in our lives, God knows. God knows best. God knows better than us. And He prunes it away, if you will. He takes away those things that are not needed. He takes away those things that will make us better. Jesus is teaching us here to consider all that God the husbandman can do for us, and all that the true vine, Jesus Christ, can do in and through us. And He says to abide in Him. Rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we think of bearing fruit as some work that we do. And and we do work in the Lord. But this abiding to bear fruit... It's about resting, and it's about trusting in Jesus Christ. We we love to do, and we love to go for, for the Lord, and that's great. But how important is that time alone that we spend with Him, where we abide with Him, where our prayer consists of words, but our prayers also consist of silence, where we trust and believe that He is speaking to our hearts what we need, that that we are abiding in Him. We need the purging of God in our lives. Abide in Him. So may we yield ourselves to the Word of God, because that's what God's going to be doing some pruning in our lives with. And, and look, it may hit like a hammer sometimes and break us up. It may be like a fire that refines us. It may be like a sword that slays us. But it's all for good. There's conviction and there's cleansing and there's comfort in the, by way of the Word of God. The branches, children of God, can know that, that every time we go to the Word of God, or every time we're led to the Word of God, or every time that that conviction comes, and and the Word of God comes to our hearts and minds, or or when we just see that we're in desperate need of the Word, we're hungry for the Word, we're weak and we need strength, and we go there, we can understand every time that God is cleansing, He's purging, He's pruning the branch, every time we're in His Word. And we're going to bear more fruit as a result. This this purging is not a negative thing. 
It's a positive thing. It's good for our lives. We're desperate for it. We absolutely need it. And God will deliver on His work as the husbandman. The husbandman works his vineyard to produce great things that it might bear great fruit. So may we yield to the Father's cleansing. May we yield and trust the Son's supply, resting in the Son for His supply as the true vine, and know that the Lord's purpose is going to be fulfilled in our lives. God the Son supplies us as the vine so that we can bear fruit. God the Father purges us as the husbandman and He cleans us by the Word so that we can bear more fruit. As I look at this and as I see God's process, we would probably all agree in churches throughout this world that there's too many fleshly operations in in the church. Too much much flesh in Christian operation. There's too much self-confidence in the things that we do. And it needs to be Savior confidence. Kind of reminds me of something Vance Havner wrote about. He was talking to a man who worked in an acid factory. And he said, just a little bit of this stuff will kill you. And he said, I've never known anyone to die here. But many people have been burned. And Vance Havner was intrigued by the next thing the man said. He said, you know, it's never the new employees that get burned. It's it's always the long-time employees that have been around a while who suffer the burns because they grow careless in what they're doing over and over. And then Havner goes on to say, that's something, uh, something like that is true in the Christian experience. There's the danger of getting so used to being a Christian that we grow careless and no longer watch and pray. Every Christian always needs the pruning that the Lord does in our lives. Our only hope is this vine branch experience abiding in Jesus Christ. Vance Havner said something, wrote something else that, that I tie in with this. And it, he said, The Lord gathered disciples, which was the first church. Churches today, he said, do not seem to use the same approach as Jesus. And I mention this because it doesn't sound like some easy, easy teaching. It sounds like something for the serious disciple. And as, and as we think about the, the first church that the Lord started while He was here on this earth with His disciples and, and the way He went about it versus the way that churches today seem to go about an approach, it's, I'm afraid it's a little different today. And he writes, We dare not mention the cost of discipleship for fear we shall scare away prospects. Jesus did not encourage 
cheap dedication. He seemed to dash cold water on the enthusiasm of the would-be disciples. He gave the rich young ruler a shock treatment, not a massage. And then he quotes Alexander McLaren who says, The best way to deepen and confirm good resolutions too swiftly formed is to state very plainly the difficulty in keeping them. It just seems like there's quite a difference from our way of thinking today, people's way of thinking today, but it's scriptural to challenge cheap consecration. He goes on to say, let us never forget our Lord's description of those who hear the word and receive it with joy, but have no root in themselves. And, and then again, the son who said, I go, sir, but went not. As, as we look here tonight at the Lord doing a pruning work in our lives, I mean, I think we're, I think we're in the right kind of service for that. I think in a Wednesday night service is, is a good place to, to share that. I don't know how it might be taken on a Sunday morning, though, though it needs to be, though, though things like this need to be said. It's good that the Lord does a pruning work in our lives. He, only, he doesn't do anything to hurt us just to hurt us. If something hurts, He's going to, make it, he's going to use it to make it better. We need what He does in our lives. God has set this up that, hey, we have all the supply that we need through the true vine, Jesus Christ. We're to abide in Him, rest in Him, and He's going to bear the fruit. But God has set it up that we be pruned. He's going to prune our life. He's going to purge us to be fruit-bearing disciples. That's... We're, we're not fulfilling our purpose if we're not doing that upon this earth. And God has given everything that we need for that to happen. He will all, we will always have all we need to do all that God wants us to do as long as He wants to do it. I kind of hope this is all ra- wrapping up for you in, the, in these different thoughts because there's some understanding of His purging in our lives, but there's so much encouragement that, that we can continue on because of the provision that the Lord has made and how He has designed and, and, and set us up to be His fruit-bearing people. You know, the, the challenge that I see in this that we've been sharing is us denying ourselves. Paul Paul had to do that daily. That's not a one-time thing we snap our fingers and it's done. We have to deny ourselves. One of my mentors told me, he said, you know what your worst enemy looks like? And I said, no. He said, when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you're seeing your worst enemy for the day. And that old flesh, it is always trying to tear us up. There's no doubt about it. I see a challenge here for us to deny ourselves, to see ourselves as helpless and trusting 
and relying upon Jesus for the fruit bearing that we're to do as Christians. We rely on Him as our supply to bear fruit in our lives. And all along the way, we're going to be getting a good pruning from our Father, which is, which is exactly what each of us needs. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I don't think we can line out Christian ministry and serving the Lord ourselves better than He can line it out for us. And the bearing fruit that He gives us to do, he, He's teaching us things here that we might look, that we might listen, that we might learn. He's the vine, we are the branches. Without Him, we can do nothing. But with Him, with His purging in our lives, with the supply in our lives, we will bear more fruit than any effort we might put independently on our own. Let, let's trust Him and re let's rely on Him as we move forward and have the assurance that we can continue, continue in this. And we're, we're not going to get exhausted and quit. We're not going to walk out and, and, and stop on this. Not when the Lord has made promises to do everything that He said He's going to do. Let us all bow to the Lord in a word of prayer as we close our Bible study tonight. God bless you all for being here, and we love you all. Father God in heaven, we do bow again before you tonight, and, and we look at this from another angle this evening, Lord, and, and we know that the purging that you're doing in our lives, it is for our good, it is for your glory that, that you do these things. And I want to thank you that you are making something out of us. You have taken lost sinners, and you have saved us and made us your children, and you have made us to be able to live in such a way to glorify you that we might bear fruit for you. And you are maintaining things in our lives. And Lord, maybe sometimes we fall into thinking we're doing it, but, but you're the husbandman, your son is the vine. And so I want to thank you for the purging you do in our lives. I want to thank you for the supply you give to our lives, that we might be encouraged to continue on and to serve you greatly. We love you tonight, Lord. We thank you for first loving us. I thank you that we can see that love through the eyes of faith as we consider your son dying on the cross for our sins, coming off that cross, leaving it empty, being buried and raised again, defeating our death, hell, and grave and to supply everything we need to live our lives as a Christian while we're here. We pray all these things tonight in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.